0: Make this Christmas memorable with Goat Guns. Get the coolest miniature gun models for your collection. From historical classics to modern weapons, we have something for every firearm and hobby enthusiast. Surprise your loved ones with the gift of Goat Guns, the perfect blend of quality and detail. Shop now and spread the joy at GoatGuns.com. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast, Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with Melanie Pump about managing insecurity in the workplace. Melanie Pump, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast.
1: Thanks so much for having me.
0: Yeah, it is a pleasure to be with you today. I'm really excited for this conversation. We're going to be focusing on the topic of your recent book, Detox, Managing Insecurity in the Workplace. Uh, you know, right now we're dealing with a whole lot of stuff in our workplaces and insecurity is one of the many types of challenges that we face. So we're going to unpack that and try to better understand uh That issue for ourselves in the workplace, but also as leaders, what we can do to support our people and help them to get past those insecurities also. As we get started, I wanted to share Melanie's bio with everybody. Melanie Pump is an accomplished CFO and business leader. She is also the author of Detox, Managing Insecurity in the Workplace. In the book, she shares her learnings and experiences on the impacts of toxic work environments. Melanie has appeared on CTV, Fox, ABC, SiriusXM, etc. And her website, MelaniePump.com, includes more helpful insights on how businesses and employees can reach their full potential. And I'm all about that. Uh, Maximizing and reaching your full potential, I think, is really uh, the primary role of any leader that they're trying to help their people to maximize their potential. So I'm excited to explore all of this with you today. Anything else you would like to share with listeners by way of your background before we launch on into the conversation?
1: Yeah, I mean, that, that's a really good high level overview. Probably all that I would add is um, some. sometimes people wonder, you know, well, why is a financial executive here, here talking to us about insecurity? And typically, that's more HR organizational behavior. But uh, I had a bit of a, a different journey coming into the work environment. I started actually as a receptionist and worked my way, you know, all the way up and so struggled with some of those insecurities and imposter syndrome that we might get when we come into the workplace and grow our careers in that manner. So that's given me a little bit of of a deeper insight into, you know, the human nature side of what happens in the work environment. So I, I add the I have the financial executive part. So really understanding how that actually impacts the bottom line and then also the you know personal experience.
0: Yeah, excellent. Excellent. And that's really great that you've had that experience of kind of growing up in the organization and, and going through those rungs. Um, it gives you a lot of perspective. I think a lo- it can add empathy to the experience of
1: Exactly. With
0: other people who perhaps, you know, it's it's interesting because sometimes, you know, you'll talk to leaders and I I don't think anyone would say out loud that they are above their people or that somehow they're better than their people because everyone knows that's not a socially acceptable thing to say. But I think it's a commonly thought, um, you know sentiment. I, I think many leaders really do believe that and, and feel that way, uh, even if it's a little bit of an implicit, you know, bias in the back of their heads. And so, you know, I, I I have found that just when we can relate to our people in really true, authentic ways, it makes a big difference when we're trying to understand where they're coming from, but also help support them as they're dealing with those insecurities. Yeah, yeah,
1: I absolutely agree. Because, because for me, I do think that's helped me connect a lot more with people. And it's also helped me realize that All of us have that, that potential in us. If if there's a leader that's working with us and helps us kind of move out of our comfort zone and we feel, feel safe. So if we create opportunities for people, sometimes unexpected things can happen. And and that happened for me going from receptionist up to, up to CFO. I don't know that many people would have thought that when I first got into the corporate world, but when you have healthy, positive leadership, it's, it's uh, amazing what can happen.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So you already mentioned imposter syndrome. I think that's one piece, right? Um, but let's and we can get more into that as well. But let, let's start unpacking um, really the the core content and context of your book: uh, detox, managing insecurity in the workplace. What are some of those different forms of insecurity, uh, including you know uh, imposter syndrome and others uh, that we can start to unpack and discuss a little bit?
1: Right. So insecurity is a, you know, there's many ways and reasons why we might feel feel insecure. Some of them are, are personal and rooted in things that maybe happened in our childhoods or that are happening in our personal life. Um, but what's happening in our work environment impacts that. Because if we're in an environment where we don't feel safe, for one, it can trigger some of those insecurities that we may have gotten from earlier in our life. But it can also trigger new insecurities, given how our, our job is so crucial to our survival and our living. So if we don't don't feel safe within our work environment or safe that our, um, our job is, is secure, uh, that can really start to manifest some really unproductive behaviors.
0: I think that's really the issue, right? Uh, I mean, everyone has their baggage. Everyone has their insecurities. It's part of the human condition. We can't right. completely get rid of that. Yeah. Um, but we also don't need to feel like we have to sit in it forever either. Like we can learn and grow and get past it. Um,
1: Absolutely, we can. But we do need an environment that that creates safety. And, and when it doesn't. So, you know, what I started observing in, work, in the workplace, particularly in environments that weren't safe, is employees were using behaviors to defend and protect themselves. Uh, you know, well, for one, just defensiveness. Um, when an employee is insecure, they're going to be defensive. They're not going to take feedback well because they're trying to protect their psyche. And then you also see people being passive aggressive because they're afraid to speak directly. Um, they procrastinate about things that they're worried that they might fail. Uh, So these are some of the behaviors that can happen that are not only work against somebody reaching their full potential, but it also damages the business's ability to reach its full potential because employees aren't aren't being as productive as they could be.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit more about that toxicity piece. Um, mm-hmm. and, 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 uh, the flip side of the coin there, I think, uh, is, is psychological safety. So when you have yeah. an organization that has psychological safety, mm-hmm. a lot of those toxic behaviors kind of melt away. I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of antithetical, right? You, you can't have psychological safety when there's toxic bullying behaviors and all those right. sorts of things. And yeah. so, so, you know, How do we go about then detoxing and creating more of a psychologically safe environment so that when insecurities manifest themselves, because they will, we all have them, um, that we can then deal with them in a proactive and and positive, healthy way as instead of perpetuating, you know, the passive aggressive tendencies or or whatever our, our fallback is.
1: There are some really, you know, foundational things that are important in a company to to create um, psychological safety, and and some of them, you know, transparency is, is really key in in creating certainty in environment where people feel safe. If we don't know what's happening, or we don't know what's expected of us in our role, or we don't know how how well our company is doing, all of those things are going to create insecurities because we're we just don't know how well we're doing, and we don't know if our job is safe. So so as just as a foundation, I really believe in. in high transparency within a company as much as possible um, with employees. And that includes also making sure you let people know when they're not meeting expectations, because, you know, we are very sensitive um, as humans. And if something isn't quite right, we're going to pick up on it. And if our leader doesn't tell us, um, that's going to create insecurities. So really foundational is establishing um, high transparency and good communication within, within an organization is a great first step to establish a safe environment.
0: Yeah. And and when we're not open and transparent, people tend to kind of fill in the gaps.
1: Oh, where, absolutely. You know, with the worst with, case scenario.
0: With whatever their imagine, imagination can can dream up, right? <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs> and, and, and,
1: and that's a fact. Yeah, absolutely. There's been a lot of research around that, that we do jump to the worst case uh, and we'll try to establish certainty for ourselves when somebody doesn't, doesn't give it to us. And that can be really dangerous for a for corporate culture. if People are always assuming the worst when they don't know what's happening.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So that transparency and communication piece really is key, yeah. and it doesn't happen for a variety of reasons. Sometimes uh, leaders feel like their their people won't want to be bothered with the information. Sometimes they feel protective of the information, or they feel like they have they they have power through um through kind of hoarding. The, the information. Um, uh, other times they, it's just, it's just simply, they don't, aren't very skilled at communicating.
1: <laughs> or, or they just or, don't realize it's not clear. Like I, like I've yeah, also exactly. seen it happen a lot where leaders think because it's clear to them, it must be clear to everybody. And therefore they, they don't share it. But what they don't realize is uh, it's not obvious. So what, what we think might be obvious as a leader, isn't always obvious to those around us. So generally over communication, communicating more than you think you need to, is, is really what's required to create the right level of transparency.
0: Yeah. And it, and it's, it's a tricky thing. So when you're in C-suite level types of meetings, you're talking about these things all the time. Right. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. you understand it, it, you, you feel beaten over the head with it. You feel like, right. can you just stop talking about it? Right. And, and I think it's a natural thing to, to then, you know, take your level of comfort or discomfort with something and how much you discussed it and then kind of project that onto everyone else and say, well, of course, or, you know, we had a meeting. I talked about it six months ago. Everyone should know. That's exactly. Not the, that's not the way it works, but that's I think how it 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 goes through people's minds,
1: right? So so much of our you know as leaders, it, what we do that actually causes problems is unintentional. I think you know all leaders and all people really I believe want to do what's best and want to create a positive environment, but but often it is these kind of unintentional you know not realizing that people don't understand uh, and that you do need to communicate messages multiple times in order for them to land because people have many things going on and they may not understand the important. Importance of something that you've told them.
0: Yeah. Well, and, and that's the other thing is we, we get bombarded with communications all the time. Uh, yeah. And so we're saturated and it's hard sometimes to figure out what's really important to pay attention to um, or whatever. Yeah. And I think I, I'm a university professor in addition to doing consulting stuff in this podcast. And, and I think when I'm working with my university students, whether it's undergrad or grad students, this principle holds true. Like I have to over communicate and I have to be super, super explicit. Um, So things that are super clear in my mind, I've been teaching this stuff for forever and I see the connections. Uh, But just because I see the connections doesn't mean they're going to see the connections between what I'm having them do or the theory and the practice or whatever. And so I have to be super explicit. I have to repeatedly communicate. Uh, So it's funny, like, you know, if I'm having the students do an assignment, You know, there's an assignment description uh, in the LMS system. There, I post an announcement about it. I record a video describing it. I talk about it in class. Like, I usually have four or five different ways that I try to communicate what I want them to do and how they're going to be held accountable to it and what the expectations are. And even then, they there's often students who really just don't get it, and so. It's not that different when we're leading a team of people. Um, I don't think
1: it is at all. Yeah, right? everybody has different processing abilities. Everybody's going to focus on different facts, and and having multiple methods of communicating, like as you've done, is really great because some people. They'll, re- they'll read something, but it, it won't sink in. They need to hear it. Uh, so, yeah, you really have to do try to put yourself in other people's shoes um, and and communicate things in, in multiple ways so that it'll land on on people that are that are maybe not just like you. So they won't understand it in, in the same way.
0: and explore those ordinary everyday actions that will help you respond to an uncertain future and produce extraordinary results for individuals, teams, and organizations. Yeah, and something else I have to remember, you know, I live and breathe, uh, eat, sleep, this stuff, OB, OD, uh, Leadership. So this is what I think about all the time. For most right. people, it's not what they think about all the time. <laughs> right. uh, and, and so, so I have to recognize that. Um, yes. I, I also have to remember, you know, whether it's students in the classroom or executives in an exec ed program or uh, people I'm I'm people on my team or people I'm consulting with. Uh, regardless of uh, that context, I need to to remember uh, that I need to consistently over communicate. Repeat myself almost to the point where I feel uncomfortable, perhaps even past the point where I feel uncomfortable.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, And And know your
1: audience. Like, like you just know, yeah,
0: know your audience and then be willing to be there and be supportive of people when they still have questions because they still will.
1: Right. Yeah, I I totally agree. And, and creating avenues for questions. So somebody to email after if it's a bigger initiative, a champion within an organization who goes in and checks in with people after, depending on the, on the, uh, you know, exactly what you're communicating about.
0: Yeah. And, you know, again, I'm a professor. I love the university space. I love learning. Um, I'm not typical, like most students, don't become professors and don't want to become professors. And, and so their experience in the classroom is going to be very different than what my experience was when I was an undergrad. So I yeah. just, I can't think just because, oh, well, if I was a student in this class, I would totally get it or whatever. Like that yeah. doesn't, that doesn't matter. Right.
1: Absolutely. like Same mean, look thing, at, same thing these... in the
0: organizational setting with my
1: team. Exactly. Because my brain, you know, tends to work as a a finance person. So I understand things in a a very, you know, one plus one black and white kind of way that will make other people gloss over. So when I am doing communications, I have to make sure that I uh, lay that out. And the other thing that's really important that I've seen organizations not always do is explaining the why. So like when, when we're communicating, sometimes it, it, we tend to just say, this is what's happening or this is what we're doing. Uh, and that will lead a, for a, that'll leave open a whole bunch of questions and make people wonder, well, why is this happening? So the other thing, you know, on top of making sure we're over communicating also um, you know, give people credit and, and respect that they probably want to understand why things are happening the way they, they are. So include that in communications as well.
0: Yeah. It's, it's like effective parenting. If I just tell my kids because I said, so
1: Right. What's what's
0: (laughs) the, what's the response probably going to be? It's not going to be all that different with my people yet. Leaders do that all the time. And and in part, sometimes it's just because they're trying to, to be more efficient, save time. They don't want to have to explain uh, again to another person. I get that. Yeah. But that's part of the deal. You just, you have to do
1: And for engagement, like for people to also, so not only to feel secure, but also to feel engaged and involved in what's happening in the business, explaining the why of decisions is really important.
0: Yeah. So over communication, being transparent, uh, all these things we've been talking about the last several minutes, super important. What else do we need to focus on as we're trying to detox and create a psychologically safe environment?
1: Also ensuring that you do manage bad behavior when it, when it happens. So it, it is quite common that in, you know, none of us like conflict, um, difficult conversations are difficult. So when somebody is exhibiting behavior that is poisoning the environment or creating toxicity, I do often see that it just gets let, let to happen for too long. And that is essentially saying that you accept that kind of behavior. If leaders don't deal with negative behavior, um, they're, they're letting everybody else in the organization know that that's actually okay. So we do need to deal with that. And one of the things with this is, Often people that are exhibiting toxic behavior don't even always realize uh, the impact that it's having on those around them. So just as a starting point is is making sure that we're letting people know how the way that their their conduct is impacting their peers and giving them an opportunity to improve that. So it's not like the minute somebody does something wrong, we have to exit them from the organization, but we do need to make sure that we're communicating what behavior is acceptable in the company and and the the way that they have been conducting themselves is not, uh, and then give them the opportunity to improve.
0: Yeah. So facilitating those difficult conversations, having mentoring and coaching conversations, ongoing, regular feedback is essential. And you can't just ignore, you know, put your head Uh in the sand when you see bad behaviors. And that really is what I see most of the time in most organizations is people ignore, ignore, ignore uh, because they don't want to deal with it. Until yeah. it gets to the point where they can't ignore it. And then they just fire the person. <laughs> um, right.
1: and, then and they've often lost good people along the way because, you know, people who are really talented and, and are good for a company are going to have opportunities elsewhere. And if they're coming into work every day and in, in, in a negative, toxic work environment, they may not stick around. So in, in allowing that behavior to continue, you might be losing people who could really be, be driving your, your organization forward.
0: Well, yeah, and not only the, the other people on the team that don't want to be in that kind of toxic environment or the perceived inequities or you know whatever may be occurring, but right. the, the person who's exhibiting the behaviors, um, if we're not actually being forthcoming with them about their performance and how they're interacting with people and what they need to be doing and what the expectations are, how they can change and helping them to develop, if we don't at least try to have some of those conversations, we can often lose very good people who may be exhibiting the toxic behaviors themselves simply because they don't realize it or they don't recognize what they're doing. They don't know what they need to do different. And so if we just support them a little bit, you know, not only can we avoid other people leaving because they don't want to be around that person, but we can coach them into success as well. And especially right now in this, this labor market, when we're struggling to hire and find good quality skilled people, we don't have the luxury of just kind of dilly-dallying and ignoring bad behavior and then eventually firing somebody and in, in the interim and all of the carnage in the in their wake uh, yeah. you know of disruption
1: well, and the reality too is it may actually be something that's within the work environment, a fixable thing in the work environment that is causing this person to act that way. Because often, you know, when we are exhibiting toxic behaviors, that it, it can be coming from insecurity. So maybe this person has been given tasks that that they don't feel like they have the skill set for, and it's causing them to react with defensiveness or or aggression. Uh, when if they're just actually given support, uh, perhaps they could they could complete those tasks and feel better and feel safer themselves. No, so often it is things in the environment. That are triggering people to to act in ways that are unproductive.
0: Awesome, awesome. So, uh, as we talk a little bit more about this detoxing, uh, creating psychological psychological safety, we'll also layer in uh, ad- any additional thoughts you have around the types of insecurities people have that manifest themselves in these types of environments. Because I think that's that's just really really key. So, what what are some of the other ways that we can go about detoxing and creating that psychologically safe environment?
1: Yeah. And and, I I kind of just touched on it there, but one of the really critical ones is making sure that you do have the right people uh, in in roles, because when when people are put into positions that they aren't right for or they're not prepared for, um, that can trigger um, insecure type type behaviors because we don't. That's when you get the imposter syndrome happening and people become protective of information, collaboration drops. People are less likely to throw out ideas because they don't feel like they uh, they're valid or or, uh, they're too nervous to do so. So really being thoughtful about when we uh, promote people and put them into positions, I often see it happen in organizations that leaders think they're doing somebody a favor by promoting them into a role, but it's actually a role that they're not ready for. And then that ends up creating a lot of insecurities and and, uh, and sometimes even just damaging that person uh, because they end up failing in a role that that they just weren't right for. So we really need to be thoughtful about uh, when we put people into positions, making sure if they aren't ready for it, that we provide the training and support that they need. Yeah,
0: that's, that's absolutely true. The Peter principle is alive and well, in pretty much yeah. every organization. <laughs> and and yeah. we have a whole lot of well-meaning, fairly incompetent people <laughs> in roles, <laughs> not because and it's not because they don't want to do a good job. It's just, we're right. setting them up for failure, like you said, and to come back to, um, the the insecurity piece, people manifest insecurities in different ways. And some people kind of close in on themselves. So if I'm feeling imposter syndrome and I'm feeling, um, you know, just really uncomfortable around my peers, you know, I may, it may only be internal. I may only be dealing with anxiety and frustrations and just trying to process it all myself and still just trying to put on a brave face and just kind of go out and do the best I can and learn over time. That's one way that people try to deal with their insecurities, but there's often really negative ways that people uh, try to deal with their insecurities: false bravado, um, yeah. aggression, uh, aggression, essentially trying to assert their power and control yeah. over people, so they have a sense of of uh, uh, of security. Yeah. Amidst the insecurities that they feel all of those types of things also manifest. And that, that's the real danger. I mean, both are dangerous and both will have negative outcomes for the organization. But when we're talking about that toxic environment, I mean, those yeah. are the people that we have to be very careful about because again, regardless of intention, you know, no judgment there, but it's, it's just the reality of the the lived experience of people in that team. When those toxic behaviors are happening, it, it's just going to continue to, to reap, um, yeah. Discord and, and
1: I, I agree. It does manifest in those two two ways. There's those of us that it shuts us down, which is where you know it really limits our potential because we have a talent that we're too scared to show. And but then there are the other side of the coin, and I, I have seen that too, where it results in in real aggression and and um, defense defensiveness and bravado to a certain extent to mask the insecurity, which is very visibly toxic uh, to an organization because they're actually then those people with those behaviors are actually impacting the other people who are insecure and and are closing themselves down. So you just have a sort of toxic soup of insecurity uh, when you have that happening in in an organization.
0: Yeah, excellent. Excellent. Well, Melanie, I I know at the time I only have you for a few more minutes. Um, Before we close, I wanted to give you a chance to share with listeners how they can get connected with you, find out more about your work, your team, your book, uh, and then give us the final word on the topic for today.
1: Yeah. So, uh, I have my, my website, which you mentioned earlier at melaniepump.com. Um, I'm also quite active on LinkedIn. So definitely uh, follow me there. Um, and, uh, my book is available for sale, um, on Amazon also. Yeah. And, and as far as, you know, the final final word on, on insecurity, you know, I, I decided to write this book because I really did see how often it came up in the workplace that, oh, you know, that person's just insecure. But I never saw it kind of getting to the next level of, of asking why and uh, and trying to understand what we in leaders could do to support people. So it is a message of that that I'm trying to get out. I think too often uh, people are just limited because they're labeled as being insecure when really there could be, uh, you know, somebody with great talents that could help your organization If you just stop and, and ask why, and maybe there's something in the company uh, that could be causing that person to feel insecure. So I, I really want us to just start talking about it more and, and recognizing that we all have insecurities, every single one of us. And so it shouldn't be something that we feel we need to hide. We can just work on them together.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well said, Melanie. It has been a real pleasure. I encourage listeners to reach out, get connected, find out more about what Melanie can do for you. Check out the book. And as always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe, that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week. The alchemy of truly remarkable leadership The Alchemy of Truly Remarkable Leadership will help you to explore your own leadership competencies and capabilities and consider ways to apply and implement them into your workplace and personal life. Check out Human Capital Innovations Magazine, Human Capital Leadership. Human Capital Leadership is a free interactive e-magazine with the mission to help individuals, leaders, and organizations find innovative approaches to maximize their human capital potential. We publish issues quarterly in August, November, February, and May. Take a look at the latest issue and let us know what you think. We look forward to having you join us.
1: Make their Christmas unforgettable with goat guns. Looking for the perfect gift for your husband or man who is a gun lover? Look no further. Goat guns are the greatest gift of all time miniature gun models. They are the perfect blend of quality and detail. From pistols to rifles, there's a goat gun for every collector, history buff, or gamer. Whether for display or for a fun collecting hobby, Goat Guns will bring joy and excitement to him. Surprise your loved ones this Christmas with a Goat Gun, the ultimate gift that won't disappoint. Shop at GoatGuns.com.